the academic world of consciousness studies was rocked to its core some few years back by the appearance at a major conference made up of the leaders in that field, most of whom were neurophysiologists. Uh, a, a philosopher from Australia named David Chalmers, who burst on the scene and asked a question that no one could answer because the field had been based in the idea that was a given assumption that consciousness is an epiphenomenon of neural activity and brain chemistry and that it could not be anything else. But none of these brain scientists could explain what Chalmers was given to calling the hard question, which later became capitalized, capital H, capital Q, and now in academic papers, one just reads about the hard question as if it is now the central organizing principle of the entire field, which is that you can use the map of brain chemistry and neural activity <clears throat> to correlate what seems to be functionally happening to an organism uh, with the lighting up of those areas of the brain. But you cannot discover from that how it is that consciousness creates a sense of being in a world, a sense of experience having quality having texture. Why is the world something to us that arises and that creates not only sensations which are easily correlated to the five senses but feelings, intuition, and all of the subtler aspects of consciousness. Because none of that would be necessary based on simple evolutionary principles in which we could have been simply robots or zombies, as is the more popular word now used in these papers. And how do we know that everyone else in the world is not a zombie? In other words, seemingly conscious, but actually simply a computer program. Programmed to respond in given ways that are adaptable, but that they have no interior reality. How do we know? And how is it that there is an I that can even ask that question? When we enter into this philosophical realization that consciousness is conscious of itself as consciousness, none of that would be necessary or even feasible based on simply consciousness arising as an after effect of brain chemistry. And so 
the hard question that now can no longer be avoided in that field, which did attempt to avoid it like the plague, because it cannot be answered simply uh, on the basis of external ins instrumental uh, following of some map of a neuronic net, but has to be answered by a relation to an inwardness that is no longer mappable on the brain or on any other structure or system. Well, this hard question is in fact the original question that produced the field of yoga. It's nothing other than the question that Ramana insists that we ask, which is, who am I? What is I amness, beingness? And so, because this is the central question of yoga and has been for thousands of years, finally the world is recognizing, even at that level of academia, that to be fully alive and fully aware of reality requires becoming a yogi. Nothing less will do if you wish to answer the fundamental questions and the core question of how is it possible that there is an I am. And so the day that Ramana became known as Sri Bhagavan, Ramana Maharshi, rather than simply Venkata Raman or Brahmana Swami, as he was called, was the day that Nayana or Ganapati Muni came to him and asked, What is tapasya? To which Ramana gave the answer that it is simply a matter of recognizing from whence the notion I arises. That is tapas. And it was on the basis of that simple statement <clears throat> that his entire life was changed and he was recognized as the guru of gurus. Now you'd think that was a pretty low bar to have to cross in order to achieve that. But the realization that Ganapati Muni had was that this man only about 18 years old at the time, had reached that place and was speaking from that place of direct knowledge of that which is prior to the I amness, that which is the source of consciousness. So this is a level even deeper than that which Chalmers is referring to which is what is it to which the sense of an I having a world with qualities arises? And what is the very condition of its possibility? Here we come to the ultimate mystery. It is this mystery that nearly everyone simply passes over 
in order to focus on the texture of their world and the relationship to experiences and the attempts to manipulate experiences to maximize pleasure and minimize pain or vice versa if one prefers a masochistic approach but it's always about those qualities that are phenomenal and not to what is it that all of this arises and so the yogi is one who will not leave this hard question, although he would not call it a hard question, but actually the blissful answer to all questions. But it is the ultimate mystery because it cannot be grasped conceptually since all concepts arise Afterward, they arrive to that which is, but can never explain that which is. All concepts are derivative of this primal, fundamental intelligence that is possible to conceptualize as pure awareness that may be the most direct way of conceptualizing what is being referred to but what does this term pure awareness mean we must be careful not to explain away the mystery by thinking we understand it by saying oh well that's pure awareness that's all that is But have you ever wondered, have you ever explored the nature of pure awareness? Because until this is explored to its ultimate core, one cannot claim to have engaged in sat-yoga. So take a moment right now and allow yourself to find that sweet spot from which consciousness emanates. To which the sense of a world appears via the sense of a bodily organism via the sense of a mind but all of this surrounds like a whirlwind the core of presence And any of the elements of that whirlwind of constant changing experience can be described, can be scientifically analyzed. But what is it to which all of this appears? What is the real nature of pure awareness? And how is it possible? that an entire universe can be known by you. And not only a universe, but many universes.
You've all had the experience, I'm sure, at some moment after 3 a.m. of an alarm clock going off and ripping you out of a world that you then called a dream into another world. Well, that dream world was not produced by sensory experience. It was entirely produced by consciousness itself. And that world was extremely real until the alarm clock went off. Just as real as the world that required shutting off the damn alarm clock so that you could go into another experience of meditation. And like dolphins, you are diving deeper into one world and leaping out into another and able to fly into other worlds to experience worlds of light, angelic realms, demonic realms, realms of all kinds of different meaning and quality. But who is it and what is it that creates all of these worlds of experience and imperience and Sumerians? A world that can never be fully grasped because there is always more. We've called it meaning moreness, but it is also experience moreness and experience moreness, a beginningless and endless world-producing capacity and world-transcending capacity. and world-altering capacity. But from what does it arise? What is the power that enables this creation, sustenance, and destruction of worlds that are all simply your own consciousness, your own dream? Who is the dreamer? And when the focus becomes one-pointed and absolutely still, refusing to deviate, refusing to leave the core of the absolute mystery, refusing to be agitated by fear or moved by desire, refusing to fall into the illusion that any of the worlds produced by consciousness are real, that the only real can be that to which all of this appears. And there is a refusal to leave this, which is the supreme real. This is the beginning of yoga. This is the beginning of self-sovereignty. This is the beginning of true knowledge, empowerment, eternal presence. This is that 
source from which the nectar of immortality flows. But what is the secret of this? What is the great secret of being? What is that which is at the very heart of the self that causes the self to produce such worlds and become lost in them? What is the primal impulse that could be called the love of being that is prior to being itself. It is in this heart of hearts that the secret of Sat is revealed. And Sat yogis are those who establish their being as this very presence this very ultimate zero point from which all emerges out of the very love. The very intelligence. The very essence of that which could be referred to as bliss. beyond all worlds, beyond all times and spaces, beyond all knowledge. The supreme power that deserves truly the name of God. Can you be anything but that? And why want to believe you are anything but that? It is when there is no longer any yielding to illusion and he fall into the dream. Any forgetfulness of the Supreme Self.
that the recognition of our eternal liberation gives birth to the perfection that that love wishes to offer as the one gift that both compensates and justifies the creation in which the creator itself becomes lost for the sheer bliss of refinding the real thou